Welcome to the Campus Rush Podcast. We believe that God will speak through this word and meet you right at the point of your need. We hope that God will bless you through this message. In the name of Jesus, God, we connect to your throne right now, Jesus. We are just earthing vessels. All we are are vessels, oh God. All we are are vessels, oh Jesus. Father, we give ourselves to you. We commit ourselves to you. We dedicate our lives to you. We tell you that you deserve it. You are everything. We are nothing. We don't come to you proud. We don't come to you full of ourselves. But God, you can never turn away a cup that is empty. But God, if a cup that is that is that is turned away, it's because there's a cup that is full. God, we pour ourselves up that you may fill us up. God, we empty everything in us that you may fill us up. God, let your glory fill us up. Let your power fill us up. Let your anointing fill us up. Let your glory, let your impartation, let your dunamis power, let your miraculous working power. God, we are serious about your move, God. Do it again. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to three people, say, God's going to do it again. Have your seats, have your seats. Say, God is going to do it again. Come on, tell them. Say, God is going to prophesy to somebody. God is going to do it again. He's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. Oh, it's good to see you tonight. Come on, give God a good clap offering. The presence of God is here. Welcome to church tonight. We're excited to have you. Um, God has been working in this church and moving. If you're here for the first time, my name is Pastor Kofi. I'm the pastor here. I'm excited because I get to pastor the best church in the whole world. And I know that God is here and his presence is here. Come on, you're excited. You have some CR pride. Come on, come on. Give God glory for your church. We're super, super excited to belong to such a great house, TLC. And, and what God is doing here is amazing. And so we thank him. Always a privilege to serve. Uh, tonight, I really believe God is going to speak to us in a really special way. And uh, I want to get into the word. And, and I really, I've come here tonight with a message on my heart. I've come here tonight with a, with a burden on my heart. Uh, and I know that God is going to honor his word tonight. You excited? I've come to realize that God, like I said earlier, God can never turn away an empty vessel. I've come to realize that the only way that God would not fill somebody is if they're filled with themselves. That's the only way. God's desire, Pastor David, to allow his glory and his power and his fire to manifest in the world outweighs even your, your mental capacity. His desire to actually want to glorify himself through you is greater than what you think. God has more of a burning desire, Pastor Ryan, to see the world set ablaze than you do. So the problem is never with the giver of the gift, but it's with the holder of the vessel. The problem is never about God wanting to pour. The problem is never about God not wanting to deposit. The issue is always with the vessel, the carrier of the glory, the messenger by which God is going to use to be able to allow his glory to come and fill this earth. An epidemic that is sweeping our generation these days is not the advent of social media alone. It's not the advent of acceptance alone. But I believe that one thing that is sweeping our generation is our lack of humility and brokenness. 
Humility and brokenness. Show me somebody who's humble. I'll show you someone who has a future. Show me somebody who's poured themselves out. I'll show you somebody that God is about to live. The Bible says that God gives grace to the humble but resists the proud. So that means that there is a place whereby God is longing to pour his spirit, but the problem again does not rest upon the shoulders of the giver of the gift, but of the recipient of the gift. What God desires to do in this land, if outweighs anything you can possibly imagine, what he wants to do is he wants to not only set this city ablaze, but he wants to set this province ablaze and this nation ablaze and this world ablaze and this planet ablaze. And I'm so excited that God will use you to do it. I'm so excited. That God in his right, uh, his righteousness has decided to select you to be one of the carriers of the grace of God. One of the carriers of the glory of God. But we need to get some few things straight as a generation. Can we get into it a little bit? We need to be able to see ourselves as broken vessels that God can use. God delights in using things that are broken. You look at the life of Paul, a broken man, a man who some people would say would even be a little bit delusional in the sense whereby God is calling him, but he's on his way to go and kill Christians. But yet God is calling him. So he's in this, this debacle. He's in this place in his life where God is calling me, but, but, but I already have my own mandate of what I want to do. And so he finds himself preaching the gospel, yet wearing the title of a murderer. So people don't know how to receive his message because they believe that he's filled with the Holy Ghost. But they have an issue receiving the message from the messenger because of the way the vessel looks like. I went to preach somewhere. I was with Pastor Ryan, I think, in Prof. I went to preach somewhere. I think it was in Toronto. I went to preach there and so funny, I got there, and there was a bunch of pastors and bishops and all these elders that were there, and it was like a youth Sunday or something, so they had called me to come and minister, and the pastor quizzed me in his office for like 40 minutes, wanted to make sure I knew what I was doing, wanted to make sure that, you know, he wanted to do everything about me because he wasn't sure. He wasn't the one that invited me, but the youth of the church were the ones that were saying, listen, we got to get this guy to our church. So he was really unsure of what was happening. He was kind of, he was doubting. And from no grace of my own except the grace of God, as we began to stand on the stage, the glory of God filled the room so much that the pastor himself, who was so tight-lipped, who was sitting down, uh, who was not engaged in the service, by the end of the service, the pastor brought all his children and said, please, can you lay hands on all of my children and prophesy to every single one of them? <laughs> I'm coming. Now, we give glory to God for that. But why is it so funny? Why, is it, why, why couldn't he have just come to the consensus to say, listen, young man, I recognize that God is working in you. And I would like to be able to see you, you know, uh, deposit this grace in my children. Or I, I, I believe in the working of God in you. It's because people don't necessarily have a problem with the message, but the messenger. So they reject the message because of the reputation of the messengers. That's the problem. He was here last night, so how can he be preaching? 
Uh, he, I saw him there, so why is he in church? I thought church was for the clean people. Please, let me correct this. Church is a hospital for people getting better. Everybody here is under construction. Everybody here is developing. I am developing. We are all developing. The moment we are perfect, we go to heaven. If you are in this room, it's because you are still developing. If you are still developing, give God a shout right here. We are still works in progress and we are under the work of grace. We have an issue and the issue is that the vessel that God wants to use is not broken enough for God to use. The Bible would say, and I love it so much, that all of creation, Pastor Nana, is eagerly yearning for the manifestations of the sons of God. Now, if you belong to Jesus and you are his, you, you are a Christian, you are a follower of Christ, you, you, are, you are a child of Christ. So the Bible is basically saying that all of creation, everybody here, every, everywhere around this world is awaiting eagerly with great anticipation the day that you will realize what God has placed in you. That's what creation is waiting for. Creation is waiting. I, I, Pastor Ryan just released a single. Let's clap, clap for him. He just released a single. And... and I was reading some of the comments on his, on his Instagram, and some lady said, thank you so much for releasing this sound and not hoarding it. Thank you so much for releasing this sound. What does that mean? That means that there was somebody, somebody halfway around the world waiting for the release of the gift of God from a man. If that is one single, then what about the album? If that's one track, what about, you know, so it's not just about music. It's about every single one of you in this room. God has placed gifts inside of you. He's placed visions inside of you. Why are you sleeping on yourself? Forget about people sleeping on you. You're sleeping on yourself. Don't downplay yourself because you think you don't have it all together. Just begin to trust in God because if he's placed it there, there's somebody that needs it. What if I didn't want to do this? Where would you be? We wouldn't be here. It was a yes that brought this together by God's grace. So imagine what your yes will bring together. Imagine what you're, imagine the people that are depending on your yes. Imagine the people that are depending on you just being, listen, I'm going to cut this thing off because I just want God's glory to be revealed in me. Creation is awaiting the manifestations of the sons of God, but the sons are sleeping. The sons are sleeping, Pastor Oba. Welcome back from Nigeria. He went to Nigeria. The sons are sleeping. Sons are sleeping. The problem is not, and I repeat, with the message, but the problem is with the messenger. The problem is not with the giver of the gift. The problem is with the recipient of the gift. The problem is with the vessel. So God, in all of his righteousness, would say, although you are red as scarlet, I will still make you white as snow irrespective of the damage of the vessel understand that God needs your damage for your destiny let me repeat that again God needs your damage for your destiny you don't believe me okay let's go to the Bible look at Genesis the Bible says that Jacob then came and wrestled with a man who was like an angel and as he wrestled with him, and the Bible says that his hip was knocked out of socket. 
So for the rest of his life, he would have to walk with a limp, reminding him of an encounter he had. Some of us, the reason why God is not using us is because we are afraid to walk with a limp. We're afraid to look weird in front of people. But in order for God to use us, we got to be broken in some places. God can't use you because you're too proud. You think you can need it. You think you can do it on your own. That's why he doesn't want to use you. God is looking for people who are dependent on him. So we walk upright when God is saying, man, you're walking like this, but you're meant to actually be walking like this. Because the moment you begin to walk like this, you will always have dependency on me. You will always think back of that time you wrestled with me. You will always know that if it's not for God who is on my side, I'm not going to make it in life. I'm not going to make it to the next breath. I won't make it to my next step. God is looking for people like come here as the weeping prophet tonight. God is looking for people who will knock themselves out of socket to say, God, I will follow you even if it means me being uncool even if it means people hate on me even if it means people won't unfollow me on Instagram, even if it means people won't sit with me at school even if it means people will break up with me I will decide to knock my own socket out if it means the cross the world behind me the cross before me I'm willing to leave the world behind to carry the frost lest a weed fall to the ground and die. Please be seated. Lest a weed fall to the ground. John 12, 24. Lest a weed fall to the ground and die. Glory is to be seen through you. The problem is not with the distributor of the glory, but it's of the carrier of the glory. God is looking for people, generation, men and women, just like you that are sitting here. I'm telling you, a couple years ago, I was in this very theater sitting right in the back. I knew exactly I was sitting right there. I had sociology here on Tuesdays at 2.45, and I had psychology here 8 a.m. on Friday mornings. I sat right at the back there, and I watched my teacher teach me, and she was teaching me psychology. And little did I know that five years down the road, over six years down the road, I'd be standing here, and I'd be ministering to people, not just here, but people around the world, because people are depending on the gift of God inside of you. If you can get your life together, you need to get your life together. That's where it is. Get your life together. It's not a weakness anymore. Just get over it. You got to stop. You, you can't slip anymore. It's not time. God is looking for people. Do you know what God will do with a yielded life? The reason why you still can't get past that sin and you still can't get past that weakness is because the devil knows the moment he keeps you inbound and in chains, you will never be able to fulfill destiny. So he lets you like the chains. He lets you, he lets you like your, your sin. He lets you fall in love with your weakness. He lets you fall in love with your bondage. But that is not why Jesus came to die. Jesus came to die so that your sins will be washed away. Jesus came to die so that all the chains will be broken off of you. Jesus came to die. This is the true gospel. The gospel of is not the cars the gospel is not the clothes the gospel is not the money the gospel is jesus dying on the cross so that you can live a life free of sin and the beneficiaries of that may therefore go into the world and make ye disciples it's called the grace of god the true gospel please be seated There's nothing wrong with blessings. There's nothing wrong 
with wanting a great life. John 10, 10 says, for the thief came to kill, steal, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life and life in abundance to the overflow. So there's nothing wrong with desiring a life that is blessed. I'm all for it. But learn the true gospel. Learn that to be a blessing to others, you must first be blessed yourself. You must, you must first come into the contact, contact with the grace of God, love of God, and then you become a carrier of that grace. John 12, let me re read it. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. Underline that. It remains alone. But if it dies, talking about the wheat, the grain of wheat, but if it dies, it produces much grain. Does that make sense? Lest a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies. So if a grain of wheat decides not to die, it remains alone, a grain of wheat. But should the grain of wheat decide to die, then it produces. How can something dead produce? It's because, oh, if I can take you to Bible school real quick, let's do a quick Christology. Because the thing is that Jesus Christ was broken so that we may have life. He died so that we may have life. So by him dying, it's as if the grain of wheat has died so that he can now have multiplication. Jesus Christ died so that you may have life. So there's some things in your life that must die. In fact, your flesh must die so that you may multiply. You may multiply. Lest a grain of wheat fall to the ground, you remain alone. But the moment the grain of wheat dies, it begins to multiply. Somebody say multiplication. Say multiplication. This month, I prophesy you will multiply. I prophesy you will multiply on all sides. Education, you will multiply. In your finance, you will multiply. Everything you will do, you will multiply. How can one thing that is dead now produce much life? How? How is it possible that a dead thing can produce something such as life for the future? It's because Jesus understands this concept that his father or his father, God, his, the father, uses dead things. Uses dead things in order to fulfill his purpose. You want to be used of God? Die to yourself. You want to make an impact in this world? Don't think too highly of yourself. So one day, Jesus' disciples came and the gospels came and they came into his house and Jesus began to wash the feet of the disciples. And the disciples are like, God, Jesus, what are you doing? He says, you don't understand. This is the highest call. Servitude is the highest call. The lower you go, the higher God lifts you. Our generation has it backwards. We want to be lifted so highly that we think the moment we get there, then we'll be humble. That's what we feel. That's what, no, no, I'm, I'm being honest. God, lift me there. Don't worry. When I get there, I'll fulfill the scripture. I'll be humble when I get there. No, no, you, you can't get there unless you're humble. 
Because God is give, he gives grace to the humble. So you can get to a point in life, but, but God is not looking for you to do it on your own. He's not looking for you to do it within your own power. There, there is a place that you can get to with your own power, but then it's a place that God wants to bring you to supernaturally. The place that God wants to bring you to supernaturally comes by that function of grace. Grace comes by the function of humility. So the moment that we are humble, then we receive grace for the next level. Somebody receive grace for the next level. Receive grace for the next level. Receive grace for the next level. I'm going to say three more times if someone believes. I said, receive grace for the next level. 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 Receive unction for the next level. Receive unction. Receive anointing for the next level. Receive what you need to get to where you need to get to. Let no devil in hell rob you from what God is trying to do. Deuteronomy 2 verses 24. I'm going to end here. So I'm going to cap. I'm going to end here. There have been, like I said, so many things that God has been trying to do in your life. So many blessings God's trying to bring to your life. Each and every one of you sitting here. Like I told you in the beginning, the problem is not the giver problem is with the recipient issues with the recipient Nick come up here real quick you turn my game down a little bit please a little feedback here thank you I want to read a scripture and I'm going to demonstrate exactly what I'm talking about the Bible says here in Deuteronomy 224 if you're up there can we read it together one two three and go Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're like Bible names. What? The? <laughs> Let's do it again. Look, I have given into your hand Sihon, the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land. Let's begin to read this one and go on. What did it say? Say it again. Say it again. Okay, then move on. And it says what? Oh, stay in 24. Stay in 24. Stay in 24. And last line. One, two, three, and go. Okay, so we've been talking this whole night as we're wrapping up here. We've been talking this whole night about what? About how God has been depositing things inside of you. Yet the issue is not with you necessarily him giving it, but it's about you receiving it and you manifesting it. The Bible says that creation is awaiting the manifestations of the sons of God. So everybody is waiting for you to wake up to what is inside of you and to claim what is inside of you. The only way the world can recognize it is if you first recognize it in you. The moment you recognize it in you, then you begin to work towards it to the point whereby everybody sees the manifestation of what's already inside of you. If everybody's been calling me a preacher for, the, for my whole life, but yet I didn't decide to go to school to learn to put myself in order, how would you be blessed by the ministry? It means that although there may be gifts in you, there are also gifts and prophecies that lie dormant in you. Do you know how many prophecies are over your life? I'm so... Do you know how many like... <laughs> The amount of prophetic words. We have so many prophets in the house. We have so many prophets that come here that prophesy. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. All the stuff I was just saying, I was declaring it over your life. Which means that the moment it's declared upon your life, it hangs upon your head. All right? Now, we have so many people in life that have so many prophecies from when they were born hanging on their life. 
you ask yourself, if there are so many prophecies that are hanging, how come they haven't come into manifestation? Let's look at the scripture. It says, look, I have given into your hand. Okay, so God in heaven, open your hands, has given you a gift. He's given you a gift of communication. He's given you a gift of winning souls. He's given you a gift of evangelists. He's given you a gift, you know, to do different things. Whatever. So it says, look, I have given into your hands. He's given it to you. So you receive it. Then it says what? Now what? Number two is what? And begin to what? Possess it. Say again. Say begin to what? Begin to what? So God has given it to you. He's given you a gift. You have something. Now it says begin to possess it. So possess it. Possess it. Okay, you've taken it. Okay, now you've taken it. Then what does it say? Then what? Why are you fighting what you already have? No, 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 no. no. Hold on, I'm coming. Why are you fighting what you already have? It's because the issue is not with the giver of the gift. The issue is not with the giver of the anointing. The issue is that us as a generation are lazy because all of these things that God has given you is in the realm of the spirit. But you have to fight to bring it into the realm of the natural. That's the problem. Pastor, how come I'm not a millionaire? Pastor, how come I haven't made it yet? Pastor, how come this? How come this? The issue is not about me prophesying over you or you prophesying over your life. The issue is in you waking up at the midnight to pray it out. You have it, but have you fought for it? Why would the Bible say, I have given it to you, but you still have to fight? Because you have it, but everything in life has to be fought for. You fought to get here. You, 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 you fought to get into the school. You, you fought for the job. You, you competed. It's called a competition. You went to interview. You fought. You got in. Everything in life. Life is for the hungry. If you're not hungry, you'll be stomped over. Life is for the desperate. Life is for the hungry. Life is for the fighters. You have to be a fighter. So that's why the Bible would say, now faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So that's why the Bible will then tell, uh, say, say it in the Bible in Galatians, and Paul will then say, fight the good fight of faith. Not just the fight, but fight the fight of, what is faith? The things that you can't see. So when the Bible was saying fight the fight of faith, what it was saying was rise up and begin to fight for the things in the unknown realm. Fight for the things in the spiritual realm. Fight for the things that you cannot see with your natural eyes. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spirits and powers of darkness and high things. So, so you're not really fighting what's in front of you. You're fighting the spirit in there. You, you have to begin to wrestle to fight and battle the things so that they can begin to manifest from the supernatural to the natural. You meet a situation and it's difficult, it's spiritual. Begin to fight from a spiritual standpoint before you bring it to the natural. Everything that is natural first happened in the spiritual. Are you with me still? I feel like I lost some people here tonight. Pastor, what happened to our pastor? He turned, he got older and he just stopped. Can I preach it how I feel it? And, and, so, and so we have to begin to fight. We have to begin to, to wrestle. Listen to me. You should leave this place feeling upset. Like, are you kidding me? All of these things are inside of me. But I'm not fighting. Why? Because it's the devil's job to make sure that you don't think that you're in a battle. That's his job. 
His job is to make you feel. That's why some people are like, ah, God is not speaking to me in this season. No, it's not that God is not speaking. It's that he's waiting for you to fight the last prophecy you got. People always ask me to say, God is not speaking a new word. Okay, what's the last word? What's the last word God said? The reason why there's not a new thing is because God has already spoken it to you and he's waiting. He's waiting for his word. His word does not fall and come back to him void. So he won't move on. He's waiting for that word to manifest. He's saying if you can just wake up and begin to fight. If you can wake up in the midnight hours and begin to pray. Then you'll begin to bring things from the supernatural to the natural. Some of you guys in this place should be driving crazy types of cars. I'm telling you. Some of you guys in this place should be at different levels in your career by now. Some of you in this place right now should be doing incredible things for God. Why is it not happening yet because you're not fighting because the devil knows that if you know you're in a fight he's already defeated so you're you're fighting from a winning standpoint so it's unfair battle so it's already unfair (laughs) it's rigged you've already won all you have to do is begin to fight. And you, let me tell you, this is how you fight in prayer. Be on your feet. This is how you fight. So many different ways. I'm going to give you four ways to fight tonight. But this is one way that you can fight. You fight from a place of declaring God's victory. That's how you fight in prayer. It's not, devil, I lose you. Get out of here. That's great. There's a place for that. It's awesome. It's awesome. But there's another place in prayer that is, devil, you've already been defeated. So take your hands off. You've already been defeated. So get your hands off my mind. Stop fighting my mind, devil. Stop fighting my heart, devil. I'm telling you, I woke up this morning and I was so pissed off at the enemy. I said, are you serious? The amount of people in this place that should be doing incredible things, opening up businesses. I said, we've come far, but there's more that we can do. I said, God, what is the issue? He said, Kofi, they're not fighting. They're not fighting. Because they like where they've come. So I graduated in three years instead of four, so I'm ahead of my friends now. And I bought a car, and all my friends didn't buy a car, so I'm ahead of them now. And I got into my master's, and my friends didn't, so I'm ahead of them now. And I opened up a business, I'm ahead of them now. And you're thinking that's all God wants to do through you? You think he just wants to get you through college? No, he wants you to change the world. You're a world changer. Someone say, I'm a world changer. No, 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 no. See, I'm a world changer. Listen to me. When you come to church here, this is a place of destiny. You have to fight even to stay in this church. Because the moment you leave here, people will say, why do you go to that church? It's a fight to even stay here. I'm telling you, you think this is a joke? Nobody wants you to be in a place where you receive revelation, where your eyes will be enlightened. Nobody wants you to be in a place where they think that you're going to be better than them. So they fight you from even being here. Everybody that comes to this church, you got to fight to stay here. Some people, they're fighting to go to church. You, you're fighting to stay. Like, I got to fight. Like, you post a snap. Somebody says, oh, you go to that place? Oh, that guy? Oh, that, that, that. Oh, that Do I know you? No, I don't know you. <laughs> Living my life, eating my jollof like I'm. But you hate me. Why? Because I decided it. To, oh, my God. To break my vessel. <laughs> I, I, 
I decided to break my vessel. I, I decided for God to use a broken vessel. God wasn't looking for a perfect one, just a broken one. And I decided to tell. That's why the first time I came up here, I said, listen, guys, I don't have it all figured out. I still mess up all the time. I'm a party guy. I'm from the life. Yes, I was smoking. Yes, I was in that life. But God decided to call me, so I'm here. I'm not coming to you on the tip like, hey, I'm perfect. I'm going to heaven. I never make mistakes. No. I believe in real church. I believe in the real gospel. I believe in the real. I believe that place, this place is the place for non-perfect, for perfect, non-perfect people. We have a sign outside in the realm of the spirit. It's, it's above here. You can't see. It's in the realm of the spirit. It says no perfect people allowed. No perfect people allowed. No perfect people allowed. It's a fight. Sam, it's a fight. The enemy will fight you the moment you start making progress. So you begin to walk and you achieve so much in life. You achieve, you achieve, you achieve, you achieve. And, and you're here, but all your friends are behind here. So you begin to loaf. My friends don't even believe in God. So if I don't pray tonight, I still see in the spirit more than they do. I still understand scriptures more than they do. I still do this more than, you know what that is? That's the creeping in of pride. Self-righteousness. That's the creeping in of self-righteousness. So I don't need to depend on God. You forgot that you have a limp. Oh, God. You forgot that you have a limp. <laughs> so because you've been walking so long with this limp, you forgot you have one. That's, to, that's why tonight God is about to give you another limp. You don't know it yet, but God is about to give you another limp because once you have a limp, you will never forget that encounter. If you walk with two limps, you will never be able to forget. Some of you, God has to give you another limp because you forgot where you came from. So now you're preaching. So now you don't know how to depend on God no more. But you used to sleep with everything that was walking. We didn't need a weed man because we had you. So, so, so now because God is now using you, God has now changed your life. You forgot the God that transformed you from the shambles. You forgot the God that picked you up from the merry clay. That sets you on the rock to stand. You forgot about the God. Tonight you are going to get knocked again. I'm telling you. You don't know what's coming against you tonight. But I see God giving somebody a limp in this place tonight. You will never forget this encounter. You will never forget this service. I'm preaching to the person that's not sure about God. Listen to me. Trust me. If you know where I came from. If you know what I was about, if you know, if you know where God has brought me from, trust me, if he can use me, tell him he can use you. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you've been. I don't care about that. Listen to me. The reason why I do this every single week, the reason why I come here and I speak life by the grace of God is because I believe that if your life is ignited on fire, then the whole community's life is ignited on fire. And this whole nation's life is ignited on fire. It starts with one person. It starts with one soul. It starts with you. Someone say, it starts with me. Say, it starts with me. It starts with you. Thank you so much, starts with you four ways that you can fight number one midnight prayers midnight prayers between 12 a.m and 1 uh, 1 a.m fight in the midnight the bible says at midnight paul and silas rose 
And they begin to sing praises and pray unto God. The Bible says that David would praise God so many different times of the day. He said he would rise at midnight. He rose and begin to praise God, begin to pray unto God. Number one, you fight with midnight prayers. Number two, you fight with your praise and worship. Your praise is a weapon. Your worship is a weapon. It is a weapon. It, you wave it in the eyes of the enemy. I don't care what you're going through. Pastor, I'm depressed. Praise. Worship. Pour it out. Doesn't matter who's singing. Doesn't matter the key they're on. Worship is not about who is leading it. It's about who we're worshiping. I didn't sing today, so I didn't worship. I didn't feel worship today because this person didn't sing my song. It's not a, a, a Christian jukebox. When you sing my song, oh my gosh, he puts me in. You can have a song you like, that's fine. But don't let your worship be constrained to songs. Worship is not songs. Worship is not a song alone. Song is a manifestation of worship. That's why dancing is worship. That's why jumping is worship. That's why clapping is worship. That's why waving is worship. That's why rolling is worship. Songs just capture worship through music. That's it. But worship is in different things. You can raise your mouth and begin to say, God, I love you. And it's worship right there. God. Worship is a place that it's coming from the inside out. Worship cannot be contained and constrained to songs. If that was so, then why would the Bible say that if you don't worship him, then the rocks will? That means that even the rocks will give God worship. It doesn't matter if you don't want to do it, the rocks will. But I believe that you're better than the rock. So why don't you give God two seconds of worship and praise right there. God, we love you. God, we love you. This is how we fight our battles. We fight our battles with worship. We fight our battles with praise. We fight our battles. We fight our battles. We fight our battles. Hey. Hey. Listen to me. This is how you fight your battles. Fight with praise and worship. Number three, you fight the way you bring it from the supernatural into the natural. Giving you three ways already. I'm giving you prayer, midnight prayer. I'm giving you praise and worship. Third, I'm giving you is with the blood. When you begin to profess the blood of God, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. We're coming up on Easter soon. The blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. When you begin to speak the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. Sometimes we're going into deliverance. All we have to do is say the blood of Jesus because demons understand the price that was paid. It's us Christians that don't understand it too well, but the enemy understands because when Jesus rose up from the death, he went and he took the keys. And so the enemy already knows that by the nail pierced hands and by the blood that was dripping that he's already lost. So every time you remind the, uh, the devil about the blood, you remind him of his loss. You remind him that he lost and that Jesus has the victory every single time. And number four is that you begin to now begin to speak your testimony we overcome by what the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony overcoming is victory it's a battle it's winning don't be afraid to share your testimony God brought you through it for a reason someone needs to hear it you sit on it you're sitting on someone else's awakening I don't have time today 
you know what? I, I feel something so special here tonight. So special here tonight. I want us, we're going to go through all the levels of warfare tonight. I'm not talking, these are not the, the levels of warfare through prayer. This is the levels of engagement of warfare from supernatural to natural. I want you to, to really understand this. There's a difference between the levels of warfare. You can take people through the levels of warfare. We're not going to go there tonight. I just want us to symbolically go through the four levels. We're going to pray. We're going to worship. We're going to plead the blood. And then we'll share our testimony in this place. And chains will break in this place. I'm telling you. Chains are going to break in this place. Listen. The problem is not with the giver. It's with the recipient. It's not the giver. It's with the vessel. If you can break yourself, God will use you and flow through you. Because creation is awaiting for your manifestation. I want us for the next two minutes to begin to pray. And this is warfare prayer. If you knew how much your destiny was depending on the fighting spirit. If you're looking for a title, I'm sorry I didn't give it to you. It's the faithful fighter. Faith or faith fighter, sorry. Faith fighter. That's the title. Faith fighter. We're going to warfare and prayer for the next two minutes. Listen, the violent take it by force. So this is not the time. This is a time where we love on God. This is a time where you are pulling some things from the realm of the spirit into the realm of the natural. They're, they're, your destiny is dependent on your desperation. Your, 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 your next level is dependent on how you will pull it from the realm of the supernatural. The amount of prophecies that are hanging on your life. Listen, your, your prophetic fridge is already full. Take some stuff out of it. Take some stuff out. Let it manifest. There's some stuff you can keep. Some stuff. Listen, manifest. Manifest now. Manifest now. Come on, two minutes on the clock. Begin to clap your hands. Let's begin to pray. We are warfaring. I don't know what you need, but begin to warfare. Pull it from the realm. Thank you for tuning in to the Campus Rush Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and want to partner with us, visit us at www.campusrush.org to become a global partner or to partner with us in giving.